This is Predictions, the podcast about our future. I'm your host, Konstantin, and I'm here with my brother, Ingmar. Hi. Today, we want to talk about vertical farming and if it is the future of agriculture. Vertical farming has been a huge trend in the past years, I would say. There have been many startups, has been in the media, touted as a big solution to a lot of problems, a huge investment by SoftBank. Um, but Ingmar, why do you think that this is a trend now? What, what is the argument of these companies and why are people investing into this now? Yeah, I think there are two things that are so intriguing about it. First of all, um, you want to use space more efficiently and second of all you want to use energy more efficiently right because photosynthesis mm -hmm. so the process that plants use to convert sunlight into into energy that is digestible by the human body uh, has only about six percent or even less efficiency and mm -hmm. photovoltaics so solar cells are much better so i think that those are the two things that are kind of um, fueling this hype right now i would say mm, but i can already hear some doubts in your voice where you don't really believe this argument yeah i mean the one with with the energy efficiency um, you have to be a little bit careful about because um, of course the conversion of energy to to electric so of sunlight to electric energy of photovoltaic is better than the conversion efficiency of sunlight to um, carbohydrates of plants mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that the conversion efficiency of uh, sunlight to electric and then via lamps back to plants and to carbohydrates is better. So this then really depends on how efficient you can target the, the, the lamps on, on the spectrum that the plants need. So you could mm. imagine having lamps that, that are not um, polychromatic but only mm. have several wavelengths that are very efficient in, 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 tr in triggering photosynthesis and then maybe the efficiency might be better than mm. um, with plants the overall efficiency yeah this i think this is what you're seeing right when you look at the pictures of these vertical farms they're all in violet i guess that's because they're only going for these specific wavelengths uh, so yeah. the idea is that you use photovoltaics to get a use a broad spectrum of solar wavelengths and then funnel it down to a smaller spectrum and then you get a better equation yeah. energy equation um but i think uh, from what i've seen there's still an energy problem in these farms right so so even though they may be more efficient converting they may be using the energy more efficiently i think they still have very high energy costs and um so i guess it's still an issue that they're not on the field where they have natural light but they have to pay for the energy instead And and from what I've heard, this is also the reason why they grow so many salads, because yeah. <laughs> salad <laughs> is basically water, and uh, some some nutrients, and there's very little structure. So salads don't need so much energy; they don't need so much light to grow, and mm -hmm. so that's why they grow that. Um, do you know if there are any farms that that grow something more serious than salads at this point? Yeah, I think I think they both have have to optimize for high prices and mm. uh, low demands in 
in energy. So I think the thing about salads is also mm. that their surface with like um, their surface in relation to their mass is quite high. Like other than, for yeah. example, if you grow, uh, I don't know, corn, I think it, it is mm. it's much, much more um, surface per mass uh, with salads. So I think those are the things they optimize mm. for. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I think up to now, at least, uh, it looks a little bit like um, it's not really more energy efficient. Um, but I think people mm. are excited anyway because uh, they don't care about that so much. So the idea is kind of that in the mm. future, we don't care about energy anymore because there's abundant supply of solar energy from everywhere. And the only thing that is really... Uh, um, limited is space, right? Mm. So it still makes sense. I think mm. that's the argument. Yeah, well, I, uh, I guess, but I, for me, it's like, sure, my solar cells, they maybe have its 20% efficiency at best. So I lose uh, 80% of the light there. And then I have to produce light from this again. Maybe I get a bit of a gain because I produce at a narrow light wavelength. Maybe this is a 50% gain or something like that. I don't think it's much more. Otherwise, we would hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I would, I would, I still think that you lose. Like you need more. You need to collect more sunlight to grow a plant based on solar electricity with an LED. Then you would need to collect sunlight if you just grow it outside. So kind of the surface need that you need to the surface that you need to cover with either plants or sun or solar cells actually is higher when you have an indoor farm because you need to cover more area with solar cells. Yeah. Right. So you kind of have to go for nuclear energy or for some other things, or you have to make an argument that you can use less valuable land, yeah. maybe m more arid land. But, but, but I think that's the point, right? You can kind of, you can disentangle mm. uh, the need for fertile soil, soil um, and the need for mm. impacting radiation energy. So this is why, you know, agriculture yeah. is so complicated because you need this um, change yeah. of rain and and sun and you need different seasons and you can't always grow the same thing because uh, it is so complicated to actually have fertile soil and, and still at the same time have sufficient energy impacting. I, you know? Yeah, but, and then outdoors, of course, you have all other kinds of issues like hailstorms yeah. and... Yeah droughts and and freezes and yeah. anything and and, and, yeah. and i think the dream is kind of to have like unlimited energy from solar arrays in the desert where you don't care care about the mm. area anyway and then yeah produce produce mm. your food close to where you need it uh where the the area is area actually quite valuable and then just stack it vertically mm. Okay, man, I, I see the point that like in an area where you can grow a forest because there is enough natural rain, you'd rather grow a forest and you would put your agriculture slash solar cells maybe somewhere where there is less rain. I see the point. I also yeah. like, uh, aesthetically, I, I appreciate the idea that you have like a, a big warehouse where you grow your stuff close to the cities and it like, takes much less space and it's super nice. I just don't know if like, I think this is a, like this is so futuristic it's almost like on a level of a space station like okay we have like this huge solar arrays in the desert and only then it makes sense the reality is right now um okay yeah also rooftops of course you can have solar on rooftops but yeah i guess yeah yeah i guess that's an argument yeah 
I, I still think that when you look at the prices nowadays, what they have to, the costs they have for producing like a kale hat or some other kind of leafy green, um, it's like, I just read one number, it's like 40 times more than what you can charge for it in the supermarket. So you're completely not even in the right <laughs> ballpark uh, f to make this yeah. competitive. And so it becomes like a hipster salad, right? Something that you sell for a special price. Um to a restaurant where they sell it as a feature and you don't care that you yeah. pay two euro for something that should cost 20 cent or 10 cent yeah plus you have to subsidize it by softbank money <laughs> yeah that's another yeah. thing yeah so <laughs> any strong indicator that you're in a bubble <laughs> yeah i mean right now it doesn't really look like like it's uh, economical yet and it mm. also doesn't look like it's it's ever going to be so much more energy efficient mm. um but Yeah, I, I could imagine a future where uh, the actually the, the only valuable resource we have is um, area or land mm. to live on and that we then would decide to rather have our countryside uh, be full of forests again and not um, have agriculture in every single corner of the planet. Yeah, I mean, if I could sign a petition today to build solar cells in all the deserts and leave all the arable land for forests, I would for sure but sign that right because yeah. um, it's a great way to fight climate change is to grow forests um, at least to some degree and especially if climate change progresses and the amount of land that we can actually farm on will get less and less and less uh, you want to use this land more efficiently and then you still have quite a bit of land where you can put solar cells even though solar cells also don't yeah. work very well at very high temperature <laughs> um, <but laughs> and so I see that but it's, it's still like, it's, it, I don't think it's a business yet I think there are no, there's no. like 50 other problems that should be solved first. We talked about artificial meat. We talked about artificial dairy. Um, also, in terms of land use, uh, 50 other problems that should be solved first before before this comes. Or, or do you disagree? I mean, I'm. No, I also think so. Like, it's it's not yet a business. It, it's not. I mean, it probably doesn't even make sense ecologically yet. Mm. Uh, it's just it's just a nice idea for a future where we have abundance of energy mm. and lack of space yeah. that's that's really the use case there and once we are at this point and uh, i for my part don't think that's so unrealistic to expect um yeah then we could do that also and then it would make sense there's this other argument which is almost aesthetic i mean no, it's not aesthetic it's it's a real argument that um, if you grow stuff indoors, you don't have to uh, contest with pests. You don't have to use pesticides uh, or herbicides because you can control the environment very much. Um, I guess that also applies to a greenhouse, though. So that's like not really an argument why you have to go vertical and indoors. Um, but I think this is one of the big um, draws also for, for technology-minded people. Um, I think if you're a technology person, you like it clean and simple and you don't want to go out in a field where you have a lot of unknown parameters. So for these people, um, building a vertical farm, I assume that because I'm projecting from myself, right? From uh, For me, yeah. it seems cleaner and nicer <laughs> to have an indoor farm. And maybe that's also why a lot of these are uh, completely water-based. So they don't use um, ground, they don't use soil. They use, I think it's hyd called hydroponic. Uh, yeah, culture. hydroponic, I think. Yeah. Yes. So they they put the yeah. plant roots directly into water or into a mist, um, which, by the way, also limits your options of plants you can grow. 
uh, because usually plants yeah. they need air on the roots um, and, and so because they have water they can directly change the composition of the water you just add other ingredients and remove ingredients and you don't have uh, soil which is a mixture of a lot of unknown stuff uh, so yeah so that's another I yeah i mean the the kind of elegant thing about growing food in protected environments is also that you don't have to to optimize your um your your population for yeah kind of resiliency yeah. against the environment but mm. you can just assume that the environment is friendly and you can optimize it for being nutritious and growing fast and tasting well and this is of course like you have, yeah. you have a much narrower space to optimize for and um optimize for what you really care about as an end customer but I, I, yeah i agree this also applies mm. to greenhouses yeah but i read this argument yeah. that they um that they're not the right crops yet the right <laughs> genetics as somebody said um yeah. the, a lot of these plants are optimized uh, to grow in a more complex environment and they can have a very controlled environment in vertical farming and therefore you can use other sorts uh lineages of plants that are more optimized for that as you said i don't buy it because the same applies to a greenhouse and uh, yeah. okay in a greenhouse you have maybe some soil but you can also do hydroponic there and and a lot of salads are already made for greenhouse growth uh, so i feel like this is little this is a little bit of a cop out yeah this will maybe give you 10 20 percent maybe in energy efficiency or something but it will not um, completely change the equation um, there so yeah yeah i think the discussion is somehow uh, sometimes a little bit mixed some uh, some of the advantages that are like sometimes cited for vertical farming are actually advantages of, of greenhouse farming yeah and yeah they would apply to greenhouse like what we already have they mm. already apply there and Yeah, I I don't think we are yet at the point where you can really make the case for vertical farming. Yeah. But yeah, Do you know maybe maybe we get there, and it, I I would say it looks like yeah. we are going to get there eventually. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a for a prediction later. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do you remember the story about um, uh, Lyft who invented like a ride-sharing car that would go to specific stations at specific times and then somebody wrote like bus you invented a bus uh, <laughs> which is a little bit unfair i think uh, but um so maybe people are just reinventing a greenhouse because they don't know about greenhouses or i think they they know about it right it's just yeah yeah it, it's like with all of these things you have to be careful there a lot of people that talk about it have an interest in kind yeah. of hyping it up to more than mm. it actually is and some people are hyping it up because they don't really understand it maybe mm. we are also hyping it down or <laughs> underestimating it because we don't really understand mm. it. but to me it just seems like um the case is not really there yet and people are mostly talking about the advantages of greenhouses mm. but you think it will come in the future uh, you, you think that maybe in 10 well, 20 I years mean, this, or 30 or 50 hundred years what's your prediction then? yeah <laughs> I mean, at, at at some point we have to be at the point where 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 energy is not really the concern anymore, and mm. I'm I'm pretty confident that we get will get there. I mean, it's already 
don't don't cite me on that, but I think we can satisfy the energy need mm. of the entire humanity right now with a solar array of the size like 200 times 200 kilometers. Like a small square on and the globe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's of course it's huge, right? But it's mm. not. I mean, if you 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 can have four four times the amount of uh, solar rays somewhere in the desert, and mm. you wouldn't even mind. I mean, I wouldn't. Maybe somebody would who lives there. But... Yeah, I mean, no. But I, I I think I think there there are ways to to distribute that that area of yeah uh, solar rays mm. somewhere around the Earth where you don't really disturb. Yeah, many fair point. Things, you don't have to put it in a square, people. right? You don't have to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. It doesn't have to be at one square. It was probably also hard to distribute that. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I could imagine a future where we mm. kind of get our shit together and solve this. I mean, we still have the problem of storage, but mm. um, to me, it's, it sounds a little bit like an infrastructure problem. And then I could very well imagine a future where energy is abundant and yeah the only thing we need to solve is uh, our usage of of land and we need to optimize that mm. and i think it is to to me it, it is pretty clear nowadays that uh it can't go on like that like we, we yeah. use way too much space for agriculture so it's more of a like a has to happen argument like either we die <laughs> or we do it uh, which is fine as a proof <laughs> uh, yeah but Okay, I see. I mean, I agree. I I think, especially for salads, I think there will be a point where it makes just sense. I don't know if it will make sense ever for corn or rye or other um, like higher energy plants. Um, but yeah, I, I can imagine this happening. I just don't see the business case right now. So for me right now, it's a little bit like talking about space stations, right? Like at some point, yeah, that makes sense to have space stations around the earth and humanity will probably do that because humans are like that. Um, but it doesn't mean that yeah. if I build a space station today, uh, this is the correct next step in the innovation ladder. So sure. But, but, I, but I think that the space station argument is actually quite interesting because, um, when you talk to people, many people think that we need to leave Earth because, like, like we don't have space for everybody anymore. Oh yeah. And I mean, yeah, look, just look around. There's plenty of space. Mm. We just use it for agriculture. So I think it is it is much more um, to mm. me. It seems much more plausible mm. that we will optimize our land usage in agriculture mm. before we will optimize our land usage in housing, so to speak. Mm. Meaning that everybody will move to space, right? Mm. So. If you're able to believe that humanity will leave Earth mm. due to the lack of space, yeah, uh, then you should <laughs> be able to believe it even more that we will uh, have vertical farming. Yeah, it's like saying, oh yeah, we should definitely go to Mars and terraform Mars because there is climate change on Earth and we can't fix that one. Exactly, because we need more more fields for to grow our crops. I think... I think there's a point to make that it is probably more realistic that we will yeah. just like stack our fields in a vertical manner right this, yeah this is probably easier and more energy efficient as well something that just came to my mind do we have any numbers on how much energy it would actually take in terms of electricity if we were to feed one human in the western world in the developed world with a vertical farming completely because you said something like okay there's this square that can supply all the energy needs um, but imagine yeah. we were all using vertical farming. Would our energy needs be 10 times what it is today? Or would it be 
a hundred times or maybe just two times because if it's a hundred times uh, we may run out of space for these squares well i think i think the upper limit is five times right because we have solar arrays with five percent efficiency i think we can produce solar radiation with close to 100 efficiency mm. so we can simulate that mm. so so even if we don't optimize anything um you know Yeah, but then convert solar light to to electrical energy and then yeah. reconvert it into into light for plants to grow with a factor of five at worst if we don't optimize for any wavelength, right? So so this was, would be kind of the upper limit. But then you need five times the space of today's agriculture and not five times the space of this aforementioned yes, yeah. square that yeah yeah okay yeah that, that's correct yeah I, i i don't know actually if that if that in that 200 times 200 um calculation if that already includes like the energy i mean the energy you actually need as a human is negligible compared to what you need to like drive around all day uh, mm. but like the way we We acquire the energy nowadays, or uh, yeah. traditionally, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's very inefficient. Yeah, so you have a point there. It, that that yeah. could actually be a, um, quite a huge number, yes. So one aspect we haven't talked about is the argument that you will save energy by having to transport um, the food less, by having it closer to population centers. Well, yeah, I think you do, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, th I think it would probably be negligible to the energy you need to grow the food, right? Yeah, so there is there is an argument by this one company, what what are they called? Plenty? The SoftBank-backed startup. It's, I read somewhere a number that they said like transportation cost is 30% of the cost of produce nowadays. This I can imagine, but transportation cost is mostly the salary or at least to a big part the salary of the driver And I think yeah. they also included storage cost in there, so that's another thing. So I don't buy it. I, I don't. I don't think that the energy that you need to carry, uh, I don't know, a hundred thousand uh, salads in a truck is actually so expensive that you would be able to finance the growing of this hundred thousand salads. So I think it's another distraction, honestly, in the whole argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if you assume that that agriculture is less labor intensive than transport mm. which i think is is a point is seems fair mm. uh then probably the 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 like the fraction of energy is lower than the fraction of cost so yeah it is a topic that's being hyped and i think there is a certain market for these kind of things but it's mostly as an upsell to consumers so if you can charge people extra for this um, because they feel like they are doing something ecologically nice, which I don't think it is nowadays with our energy mix. Yeah. Um, they're doing something to improve agricultural innovation. That's correct. They're doing something healthy. That's also correct. So I think if you can charge people for that, then then it makes sense. And there is a certain market, but it's relatively small. I think um, beyond that, it's a huge hype topic. It's one of those things. I don't know. For me, it's a cargo cult innovation thing. Like the topic is being found by some companies. Let's say it's uh, scooters on the street, it's um, maglev trains, it is 3D printing, or it is in farming. 
and one person runs there, all the other run after them, and then you have speakers and people basically echo chambering, believing that this is the next big thing, the next innovation. At some point, you have SoftBank pouring a couple billions into it, and then there's a lot of noise, and then there's like nothing. Yeah, so I think there are these kinds of things yeah. that just the kind of topics that just fizzle out. And either they're completely fizzled out or they're superseded by some better innovation, actually, and the future looks different than expected. Or sometimes they become like a shadow of themselves, like a much smaller market than they were thought to be. And I think this is what we yeah. will see for vertical farming. It will be a huge topic still for five years and then it will disappear. And then I think in, it, will, it will appear again. In like 10, 20 years, you'll have this topic again and then in another 20 years again. And I think at some point, time will be ripe every time and every circle in every, yeah, every circle, there will be more and more that sticks. And at some point, you will have a real industry there. Um, but I think this, this innovation circle will just fizzle out. Yeah. I also have, have a hard time to take it serious as a business opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um But I take it very serious, or at least I think it's it's quite fun to think about as a technology for far in the future, right? Because it's, yeah. it's just so elegant to to think that, to acknowledge that we have a very huge problem with uh, how inefficient we are about our land usage right now. Yeah. And provided that energy is plentiful, mm. that's really like a beautiful solution, right? So I, I like to think about that, but... yeah. I would agree that at least for the near future, I don't, I don't see see a real case to make it make it profitable or competitive with with traditional agriculture. I agree with the future vision. I think that if I had to draw my perfect future, there would be a bunch of solar panels and some bunch of deserts, and there would be um, cities that are green and mostly free of cars. And there would be yeah. electric cars, and for sure it would be vertical farming included. I think nature should be... And everything would be full of forests. Left to be nature, <laughs> yes. Nature would be nature again. People would live in, in cities. Everything would yeah. be nice. No pollution. Then, like, huge vertical farms and in the suburbs. Yeah. And everything is surrounded by... By forests. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that would be great, right? So so it's quite elegant and I and I totally I totally see that that vision. So Yeah. So vertical farming is part of a perfect world. Uh it's not a good business today. I think that's kind of the conclusion. And we agree on that, sadly. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But um maybe maybe there is still a way to make it work. Maybe there is a twist somewhere where you can find a way to make it work. But I think at the end of the day, the energy equation is just a killer right now. And energy needs to become much cheaper um, for this to work. Maybe you can do something with greenhouses already. Maybe greenhouses are a start, but they don't really save you that much space. In fact, they don't. And another thing we didn't talk about is that greenhouses make you able to, to use your soil all year round, right? So mm. this is already like a factor two or three compared to a vanilla uh, agricultural field. So, yeah. And I yeah. think this is already the reason why this is used already. You may have more more harvests per year and yeah. then you need less space to do the same thing. Yeah, I see. But did you know that uh, nowadays 
already like almost 40% of the world's land is dedicated to agriculture. Mm. Not surprising. Yeah. So, mm. I, no, but. Is it 30% of all land or 40% of fertile of all land, land? Not of the land usable for agriculture, of all land. So, this also includes oh, that's like. crazy. Yeah. So, so, that basically means everywhere where you can have agriculture, you do have agriculture. I mean, I know some forests still, so there could be agriculture, <laughs> there isn't. But there is, oh, usually you have forests also in the form of agriculture, right? Yeah, so forests are, <laughs> that's also a point, right? Most of them are also not natural. Yeah, I wonder if forests, uh, yeah. industrial forests are counted in this 40%. But this is a pretty big number, if you because you consider inhabitable areas, so cities, you have to take out deserts, and what, you, what you're left with is maybe... 50% and then out of that yeah. it would be 80% used for agriculture so I guess you have to take it with a grain of salt this number maybe they count industrial forests like forest culture as agriculture there um, but so, uh, yeah. yeah it would be nice to give nature some space back and I think vertical farming as you said is, is the key there it has to happen <laughs> as we often say <laughs> well I mean it doesn't have to happen now but once we're at this point where space is really getting cramped yeah and yeah we hopefully find some some way to to overcome our, our energy limitations yeah then would just be very elegant so i totally uh, am in love with the idea uh, mm. i wouldn't necessarily invest into that but mm. yeah then again i'm not softbank so i don't have to make that decision <laughs> yeah but now that we talk about all the benefits i really want to make this work so i'm <laughs> Already thinking about <laughs> maybe there's, <a laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Huh? I don't think we will solve it in this p podcast episode. Okay. Konstantin, anything else? No. As we always say, it has to happen, but it probably won't in the next couple of years. Yeah, that's just how it is. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>